Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie Agenti, and um, it's Tuesday, March 28, 2023. Welcome. How's everyone doing today? Everyone, hey, we're doing, fab, we're doing fine. We're doing fine today. Now, um, before I get into my uh, spiel about the Mavericks, I do want to post a little bit of update. Um you know, I've been I've been busy lately. Was was trying to get things together and all that stuff. So, so I'm still getting it together. I'm still getting the website up. Uh, it's coming soon. So as soon as I post episodes from my previous past to 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 the actual website, then then I will definitely dish. I'll definitely make a debut on that. So give me some time to put some episodes on there, and then we'll go from there. Now, that's the announcement. Now, let's dive into this game. Now, I do want to talk about the Mavericks a little bit um, because they've been struggling lately. Uh, you talk about the last 10 games. They have they have not won anything. I think they're 2-8 in the last 10 games. You know, one against the Lakers and the one against last night. Last night... Uh, they beat a lonely Pacers team that that has nothing to play for, basically. I mean, you got Rick Holler as the head coach. You got uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who He's a nice player. I don't think Miles turned to play last night. But do you remember the conversation that we had many, 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 I think it was like a year ago, that we were supposed to get Miles Turner? As our proficient big man for this Mavericks team, well, he just recently signed a contract to stay with the Pacers. So let's cut that. Let's cut that conversation out because he's not going to be a Maverick anytime soon. So we had to beat this lonely Pacers team because the Pacers do not play any defense at all. As you can see, they gave up 143 to the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday, and they gave up 127 last night to the Dallas Mavericks. Now, don't know what happened with the Mavericks, because the Mavericks just came off the weekend losing twice to Charlotte. Charlotte has nothing to play for. Charlotte has nobody on their team that scares me. They lost to Lamelo, Lamelo for the season. Terry Rozier is barely getting any playing time. I think he was, I think he was hurt. You're playing with guys that are trying to re- revamp their career. You're playing with uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Remember him, Mavs fans? Remember that 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 guy you drafted in 2018 from New York to Dallas. He made a trade. He, I think it was 2018. No, I think it was like 2017. One of those years. 2017. 
you drafted him, you thought he was going to be the, the next best thing. He's bounced, he's bounced around in the league and all that stuff, and I hope he gets it together because he can really be something special. Maybe it could be in Charlotte, maybe on another team, but we're losing to no-name guys. The only name that we, we care about is Gordon Haywood. I mean, I feel bad for Gordon Hayward playing with a bunch of guys that, that are, are, that don't play well every night. You're playing with PJ Washington. You're playing with, uh, guys that, that are trying to revamp their careers that don't, that they're one year away from being out of the NBA. But yet you go to Charlotte or you play Charlotte on Friday night at your house. You're losing them twice. So, where where is the accountability for that? How do you lose to a team that is playing for nothing? Playing with guys that that are trying to prevent their career, guys that say, you know what, this is my last year in the league at twenty three, twenty four years old. And, but yet we're going to play on a team that, first of all, the coach is terrible. Second of all, Jordan, as great as a player as he is has not done well in the ownership realm. He hasn't. That's why he's trying to sell the team. He's failed at draft picks, the coaching, everything. Charlotte is not an attractive town to to be a fan to. It's not. There's other uh, cities, there's other coaches in the NBA that Jordan could have gone and hired. For the Charlotte Hornets team. Now I remember as uh, in the early 2000s. Remember those years? Charlotte was relevant. Charlotte was the hottest NBA team in town. To the point where the Bobcats was a newer team. The Bobcats were a terrible franchise. Like they had a... Well, I'm sorry. Not the early 2000s. I can't say the 2000s. I say like the 90s. The Charlotte Hornets where Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, uh, Alonzo Mourning, uh, Muzzy Blows, those guys. That was Charlotte. When you have Charlotte now, there's no, I mean, we don't, outside of LaMelo and Gordon Haywood, they have nothing on their team. Nothing. I can't play with players that don't care about the game. That trying to, you know, Survive to get on 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 an NBA roster. In the easiest places, a team that you're not playing for playing for anything. I do have a question for Charlotte before I get to the my Mavericks state. When the draft hits in June, who are you, who are you targeting? What what need is your position? Because you can't go after any player and expect that player to perform, to, to exceed expectations. That's my question. Someone's got to do homework in that front office for Charlotte. Somebody. But I don't care because I'm not a fan. Maybe the, the, the city of Charlotte does because they're fans. They're the ones that want to, uh, you know, waste their money every single year on a franchise that only wins 20 games a year. That's hired a coach that has done absolutely nothing in the league. He's a good assistant, but has done nothing in the league as a head coach. Now, that's for Charlotte fans. I can go on and on about Charlotte. Dallas Mavericks fans. Now, I do have numerous questions. 
Why why is it that y'all why is it what happened last night? You you beat a dismantled Pacers team by twenty three points. What happened last night? Was it the uh was it the motivation? Wasn't the Adam wasn't that Luca got uh got lucky with his technical foul? Um yeah, he got he got really lucky. Is this the norm for every NBA, uh, every player in the NBA that gets a technical foul that has to fight the rounds to get it rescinded to play in that game? You didn't need Luca last night against the Indiana Pacers. They were going to be fine without him. Like I, I just hope it's not a raw, an ongoing thing as far as technical fouls goes. I mean, granted. If the technical was egregious, like if the officials yell, if players are yelling at you, cussing you out, yes, it's warranted attack. But why did it get rescinded? What happened? Like Luca, Dilla Brooks, uh, Trey Young, all those guys deserve their technical fouls. Every one of them. Like I, I, we got to stop giving players a break and start holding them accountable for their actions, whether it was egregious or whether it was just as simple, whether it was just simple. We got to stop this. We got to. Because maybe at this point in time, Luca still hasn't learned at all. He hasn't learned to shut his mouth to the officials. Luca is causing us this team to fail. And you see the results every single night. Every time he goes to the lane, he's always looking at the officials for a foul call. Dude, you did not get hit. When, when you, when, when the official teed you up against Charlotte, yes, that was a little bit of contact, but you gotta understand, you gotta expect that because you are, everybody, you're going to get their best shot every single game. Every time you're going to hit that person, I sorry, every time you're going to get hit, you got to take that Luca at some point. At some point, you got to be accountable for your actions. You can't have Jason Kidd defend you on every single technical foul because Jason Kidd is not going to defend you at all. He can't defend himself, which is why fans out there are saying, you know what? Should we fire Jason Kidd? Should we uh should we hire him for another season? What is what 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 is the expectation for the rest of this season for the Mavericks? Is Jason Kidd going to be a coach that holds his players that's going to challenge the players? You can't be buddy, buddy, buddy with play with every single body. At some point, the real you has to come out. You're tired of losing. Okay, fine. You have to. Okay, fine. You have to challenge players. Because if they're not challenged, that then you're going to get results like that. How do you lose a shot twice? Twice. Those are winnable games. And now you're going to be uh, you're, you're going to be uh, outside looking in, which uh, right now you are. I told y'all before 
when y'all made this Kyrie trade, I said, I said when everyone was celebrating that we got a superstar. Yes, Kyrie is a superstar. He he produces. I told y'all this. I said it's going to fail. It's going to fail because someone will have to sacrifice. Neither of those guys have sacrificed for the team. Neither of them. And you see why the results. You see why they are barely making it. They're four and eight. They're four games. They're two games. Well, actually, they're two games on the 500. They're four. I mean, I mean, you can't win like this. Someone has to sacrifice. That's the last time I'm saying it at all, period. It's not going to work like this. It's just not. But last night, you got to win. You deserved it. Luca played great. Luca had 25 points in 28 minutes. He didn't need to play 40, 40 plus. Because look at the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers are not playing for anything. They, they don't even have a team anymore. They don't. Their team is over. It's over for them. As far as the Mavericks go, playoff hopes are still alive, but they're slim. They're slim, bro. You can't be playing games. And I want to, this is why it's called Beyond Game for a reason, okay? So, I saw, so last night, Kyrie again got into another another incident with a fan. And I want to say this about, um, I want to take two sides to it because every right is, well, they always say two wrongs don't make a right, okay? So let's go to the fans' perspective, okay? When you're at a sporting event, whether it's MLB, NBA, NFL, or tennis, wherever that matter is, the good thing about it a good, the good thing about the NFL and the MLB is that they're sitting far up, so you can't hear anything. The only thing that's being heard is the only thing that the only thing that the only noise that the players hear is the bats. They don't hear fan interaction unless there's like five people there at a, at a stadium on a, on a on a beautiful day. But. Players don't have to hear that when, when they're in the MLB on the NFL. They don't have to hear that because they're sitting far up. NBA players, yeah, they're sitting courtside. And from the fans' perspective, if I'm sitting courtside or if I'm sitting close to the players, don't you think I want to shut my mouth? Those are really expensive seats that I'm sitting right there. You have the who gives you the right to call players outside their name who gives you the right to disrespect every single player every player in in the in the league that you disrespect you're going to sit there and say you know what i'm going to call out a player out of his name today you know i'm going to have this interaction unless it's positive nine times out of ten is not positive it's negative that's why you got Kyrie worried about what a fan says i'll get to this point in a second but fans out there, y'all have to, NBA fans out there, y'all have to show some respect. Y'all have to shut your mouth and watch the game. Cheer. 
stop going after these athletes. I just, um, when we were trying to set up, I just saw Bradley Bills under investigation. I don't know what that's all about, but I, but I hope that we have video, and I hope he is right in this case. I hope he doesn't get any charges at all. Because I love, I love Bradley Bill. I love him to death. But I don't know what I just saw that story, and I said, you know what? Again, the fan has to be responsible. NBA has to hold his fans accountable. Like, they should have a statement on every ticket or every season ticket holder that says, if you do X, Y, Z to this player, say something to this, to this player, you're out, we're going to not only revoke your ticket, we're going to ban you for a year. You can do that for John Morant's party. Why can't you do it for a standard NBA fan? You should have done it in Detroit when uh, Jamal Murray was uh, – well, well, you got some fans disrespecting Jamal Murray's girlfriend. And Jamal Murray took matters to his own hands because security ain't going to do it. The the referees ain't going to do it. Referees ain't going to do it at all. Security ain't going to do it because security is worried about the players on the court. If you actually do your job and worry about the fans, then you won't have these back-to-back interactions. You want to uh, escort anybody out. That 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 is the, the the NBA security. That's lacking. You get paid. You get paid a bunch of money to break up fights on the court, whereas the fight is in the stands. You got fans calling players out of their name. You got fans that are disrespecting wives and girlfriends of the NBA players. You can't be doing that. And that's why Kyrie did what he did. Now, my Kyrie point is, Kyrie, you are in a a playoff battle. Why is it that you got to worry about some jackass saying something about whatever that conversation is about? Why are you worried about that? You are in a heat. You are two games or three games out of the sixth spot. You don't have time to worry about that. Your team is fighting. Your team needs your help out there. We're not going to get it from Luca. We're not going to get it from Tim Hardaway Jr. We're definitely not going to get it uh, outside of Dwight Powell. I mean, Jaden Hardy has played be- a-, a lot better lately. He just see the court more than more than uh, more more than uh, Reggie Bullock. He should see the court. It's unfortunate. But, Kyrie, don't worry about what this jackass has said to you. That's twice that's happened. It's happened to Charlotte. You got that fan agenda. Okay, fine. In Indiana, I don't know what happened last night in Indiana. Unfortunately, the ref got got into the rep way and said, you know what, this ain't happening tonight. This is a heated battle. Don't worry about what the fans have to say to you. Their team is garbage. Charlotte is garbage. Indiana's garbage. You, they should worry about their their uh, how. What way can we fix the team? Or better yet, the security team for the NBA, for that NBA team. What can we do to inject the uh, to get the fan out of the game? Get him out of the game. 
Kyrie, don't worry about that nonsense. You are in a battle for the sixth spot. We need you on the court. You haven't, you haven't been playing all these games, man. You miss one, you miss a couple of games due to your foot. Just worry about the court. We know what you can do, uh, we can, on it. We know this. And so that, that, and, and that, I'm not pointing him out as an example, but I'm trying to, but it's happened to numerous NBA players across the, the, uh, across the league. And the NBA security needs to step up their security to keep not only the players safe. Well, actually, you need to keep the players safe because the players are getting more flat than the fans. The fans can just go home and act like nothing happened. But where's the accountability for that? Maybe when, when you ban them for life or for a year, then maybe, then maybe they'll be, they'll feel remorse. Can't you imagine being banned from a, a NBA arena or MLB or NFL arena for a year? Like you pay all this money, you could pay like $20 or 50 or a hundred to go watch a, a, a game. And, <laughs> and you're banned for, for, for basically opening your mouth. I mean, Hey, these players can fight and, and, and they're in the trenches. We don't need your calm. We don't need your disrespect. All we need to do is, is to, for you to sit down and shut your mouth. Now, if you have your positives to say, then say positive things. But I need the security team for the NBA to step up outside the court, not in the court. Because you got the officials, you got players out of calm, you got assistant coaches, you got everything that you need. How many assistant coaches are in, are in, the, are in the NBA? There's like four of them, or sometimes five. So they can break up anything that's happens that's as happening on the court. They can do that, and and I want the NBA to implement this rule to hold not only the players accountable, which that is a big plus. If if you go to the offseason, hold these players accountable for the technical fouls, anything that's outside the court. Hold these players accountable. Whereas fans, you hold them accountable by not saying the sparring readings to the to the players uh, or disrespecting other fans. So it's got to change in mid security. It's got to change so that you don't have Kyrie worried about some some fan some fan and worry about the game itself. Because we need more guys that worry about the game on the court than off it or in the stands for that matter. But he's not the only one. Like I said, he's not the only, only one. LeBron has suffered more and LeBron has gotten to the point where he's tuning it out and he's done a great job tuning it out. He doesn't call fans out. He's never done that, but he's done a great job turning it out as Big of, 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 of advocacy he is for his market, for his brand. He's done a great job ignoring it because he knows it comes with a territory. 
those are the fans that we need. Those are the players we need to look up to and not disrespect. And I'm talking to those fans that hate LeBron. LeBron is a role model. Kyrie is a role model. We need to look up to both of those guys. Now, as far as Mavericks goes as a, as a team, I don't know what happens from here. You got the 76ers next, and then you got two other other games. It's a five-game road trip. Uh, actually, well, you're one and one in the five uh, of five games. So who knows what will happen down the stretch? Now, if I say, okay, maybe you'll lose the next three or the next four, then you're definitely out of it. And I don't think Jason Kidd will lose his job over this. I don't think he will. I think they'll give him like a, um, a, a one more year or two. I think if he loses his job, it'll be because of the noises outside of outside of the Mavericks organization. I think I don't want him to lose his job at all. I don't. I'm cheering for him. I'm cheering for him to uh, get it right. As far as rotation goes and accountability, those are the only two things I ask for Jason Kidd to do. Because there's no other play, uh, uh, there's no uh, because we got teams that out there that are doing are 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 worse at that. And look at their records. So, I mean, we don't have we won't have a team in the postseason in Texas if the Mavericks don't get their act together. This place won't be rocking. I mean, outside of Taylor Swift's concert this upcoming weekend in the NCAA tournament. And by the way, we have two high-quality venues here in the, in, in the Metroplex this upcoming weekend. We got the Taylor Swift concert, and we got the um, uh, Women's Final Four and the National Championship all here. Now you ask yourself, do I go watch women's basketball or do I go to a Taylor Swift concert? Women's basketball or Taylor Swift concert? That's a tough one for me. I like both. I like both. Um, I don't know. I can't answer that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but that's but that's interesting. But I think that's the last time. If the Mavericks do not get their act together, that's the last high-profile venue. Sports wise, that was, I mean, the Rangers will have baseball. It's, they're going to play 80 games. They're going to play 162 games. 80, 80, 81 of those games will be at home. I won't be, I, it's not high rocky. I think opening day would have like at least 100,000 people. I'm just exaggerating. And so as, as the summer goes on, the, the fans, I mean, unless they're winning, I mean, they're going to sell out every game unless they're winning. But, um, but outside, uh, uh, I mean, when the concert Taylor Swift concert ends on Sunday, if the Mavericks are not close to to fi- a five hundred bid or in playing tournament for that matter, then it's going to be quiet here for a while. We got to make our own events out there in the Metroplex. But as far as the Mavericks go, man, I, I don't know where we go from here. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm not, I, I would never say Jason Kidd should lose his job. That's the easiest answer. And that'll be off public, public 
pressure. And they're not even fans. They see Jason Kidd slouch and be a lazy, lazy dog in the press conferences. They're thinking, okay, we should fire our coach. Whereas a high energetic coach like Michael Malone, you ain't going to fire that guy in Denver. He'll give you the real stuff. We need more real coaches in the NBA. Doc Rivers is another one. Greg Popovich is another one, even though the team is losing this year. Now, next year, I don't know. But but we'll see. Only because I'm a Spurs fan. I want to see wins. Not rebuilding. I want to see wins. Mavericks cake, I don't want to see rebuilding. I don't want to rebuild. The Mavericks have invested so much into their players, into um, into Luka to rebuild. We don't have time for a rebuild because we don't know what that player is going to be in the draft. And I know, and the Mavericks do not have a draft pick, so why not go for it? I'm not saying they're tanking, but just go for it, man. They will not tank. It's just unfortunate that they can't work with each other because they don't play defense. In this case, the Pacers don't have anything defensively to, that 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 gave that will, that will give us. Maybe the Seven Sixers do, but the Pacers don't. The Pacers are a loser of a fan, franchise, and I can say that because because I don't have any respect for that team at all. I don't. I I, I just don't. The team is garbage. The team, I, 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 I just don't like their team at all. I mean, I like Rick Carlisle, but it doesn't work. It, it, you can't, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton is going to be an, an all-star in this league. Like, he he is an all-star, but he's going to be, he's going to be, he's going to be one of the top ten at some point. But you got to, but. When players are going to be in that realm, you got to be like, okay, we got to surround talent with him. And I don't think Indiana is, is, is an attractive place to surround talent with. And I'm just being honest. But from there, we'll see what happens in the next three games for the Mavericks. We'll come back next week and talk about it. But now let's talk about this uh it's heating up, everyone. Uh, the play-in tournament. What teams you should worry about when it comes to uh, the play-in tournament right now? Now, all these teams, the reason why they're there is because they have struggled all season long to get it right. They, they I mean, they have released a player here. They have added players. Um, they're just trying to mush together at the right time. And... I'm going to give you four in the East, four in the West that you should be afraid of, that these the top six should be afraid of. Now, three and six, I'm not going to um, – three, six, four, and five, I'm not going to discuss because, uh, because those are locked in as of right now. But in the East, you have right now Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, and Chicago. Those are your four, seven through ten. Indiana and Washington are lurking. We don't know if they're going to make it or not. 
We'll see. They're looking. They're they're like they're like a game game and a half from the tenth from the tenth spot in the East. Now, out of those four teams I I, I mentioned, I am worried about. I mean, they they have experience. I mean, they have a, they have an older you don't Donis Hasman, who is the he's not an assistant coach; he's just a player on the bench. He cares about the game, um, but everybody feeds off his energy. I'm going to say we should be afraid of the Miami Heat. Um, Eric Spoelstra is going to, you know, he's going to throw out chicks out of his hat. He's going to he's going to make adjustments on the fly. Um, and he's going to get his players going, go, going to play in a play-in tournament if the, if they stay where they're at. Uh, they recently suffered a 29-point loss uh, uh, to the to Brooklyn Nets the other day at their place, and at some point they got to get it together, just like the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks have been inconsistent all year with Trey Young and the Jonte Murray, like. Like you can't be happy. Atlanta fans cannot be happy with this result. You just fired a coach midseason. You gave it, even though you gave him an extension, you still fired him. Now you're going to Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder has done nothing but sit there on the bench and done and, and thinking about I should have stayed in the stayed out another year. He should have stayed out another year. It didn't work in Utah. It's definitely not going to work in Atlanta. You have egos. You have egos on that team that want to be by themselves. Dejounte has an ego that wants to play his game by himself. Trey Young has an ego that wants to play by himself. They can't much to get. Can't. John Collins has one. Brogdon has one. Every individual player on that team has one to the point they can't get it together. They just can't. And that's why we're saying. One of those players has to leave. One of those players has to say, you know what? I want to trade. This shit is not working out. Trey Young shoots it from half court every game and thinking that it's going to go in. It goes in half of the time, but it, it, it just, it's just not going to work that way. His game has been inconsistent this year. And that's why we're not, we're not talking about him. I mean, he's done great things. DeJounte, if he were to lead a team, DeJounte will have probably probably the same result as he did with the Spurs. Probably so. But the difference between the Spurs and the Hawks, we have suitable pieces that we can we can work with DeJounte with versus Atlanta does not. Atlanta does not have those pieces. Atlanta will never have those pieces at all. Period. And so, with that being said, um, that's why Miami will be my pick that that I'm scared of in the East when it comes down to a play-in tournament. Now, when you talk about Toronto, Chicago, Chicago is just trying, trying to get it together. They don't have any consistency. They're inconsistent. They're just they're just they're just really ordinary. And you have to give a, 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 a speedy recovery compliment to Lonzo Ball. 
It's not his fault that he's been hurt. It's not his fault that he has knee problems. It's just it is what it is. He doesn't have to rush back. And I'm glad he's taking the season, the next season off to get himself together. He still has an NBA career. I mean, anytime that you're, that you're in the, in, in the trainer's room trying to get it together, that's the biggest thing. That's a big deal for others out there. So with that being said, we got to get it together to uh, Chicago. Find your identity quickly before it's too late. Pat Bev has added some incentives to your team. He's done, he's done a lot of fabulous things. But he's, he's not your leading scorer. Uh, DeRozan is. Vucevic. Zach Levine. You have those three guys outside of Pat Bev. And you can't get, you can't make a playoff run. This is why consistency happens. They're not consistent enough. And that's why they're in the 10th spot. I mean, I, I blame, I, most of my blame would go to Billy Donovan's coaching. His coaching doesn't work in the NBA anymore. It doesn't. If players are not willing to sit there, especially veteran players, if veteran players are not willing to sit there and listen to you, it's not going to work anymore. It's not going to work. Players will say, I got this. I got this. I, You know what? You want this? I got this. I got you. And that's why they're not my pick to go far. Toronto's another one. Toronto, Toronto I don't know what I can expect from Toronto Raptors. I don't know um Van V and Pascal Siakam. They're they're good players, but I don't know what can I expect outside of that. I mean, can they be a team on the rise? What's going to happen in the next? Uh, I think it's nine games that we have left, or ten. I think it's nine. Yeah, what's going to happen in the next nine games? That that's going to happen. That or we have six. Okay. We have six games left. What's going to happen in the next six games to make this run? So with that being said, um, I mean, my pick is Miami, Miami, because Miami has been there before they have been there. They're, they're, they're the most experienced team. Now, Let's get to my West Western Conference uh, Western Conference stuff. Let's go to Minnesota, New Orleans, Los Angeles Lakers, and OKC Thunder. Out of those four that I feel like I I I should be scared of, it's going to be tough uh, because I don't like any of those teams at all. I mean, I could say the Lakers, but the Lakers. They're hot. They're hot. They're hot and cold. And LeBron just came back, so I, I don't. So LeBron has to get his feet wet to get his game going. Um, you know, outside of that, they 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 they're hot and cold to me in the last few games. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis has balled out. Um, when he wants to, he'll ball out. Not a need, Anthony. When you want to. Because there's a difference between want and need. Want is, okay, I'm going to get up. I want to play it today. Need is, uh, we got to go do this crap again. And, uh, 
that's your body language, Davis. Like, as accomplished after you, as you have been, you've been accomplished, bro. We need you to play this game. We need you night in and night out right now. We don't, we, we don't, we don't want to see the Anthony Davis in offseason because, first of all, your offseason is gone. Your offseason is going to be, your offseason needs to be basketball related. What are you going to do to stay healthy next season? So that maybe you can make that playoff run and may, and, and so that they don't have to rely on LeBron James or Gabe for that matter. He's a fan. He's a Lakers fan. And I'm pretty sure he's going to disagree with me. But I, but honestly, I'm going to be afraid of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Because Minnesota has everything that you, that that a team is supposed to have. They just got Carl Anthony Towns back. Ru, Rudy Gobert, eh, he, he's all right in my standards. <laughs> Uh, and Anthony Edwards, his, he, he's taking his game to another level. Um, you know, they, they, they just got depth all around. And that's the, that's the team I'm, I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid of the Lakers. I'm not afraid of, Le, I, I, I mean, LeBron will turn on, but I'm not, but what can I expect outside of LeBron? I can't expect Austin Reeves to save my ass every game. I can't say I can't expect Gabe Williams to tell me that the Lakers are better than all the three teams that I just mentioned. I can't tell him that. He can't tell me that. He's not going to tell me that because I, you know, what I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him Minnesota's better than those three teams than uh, than OKC, the Lakers, and New Orleans, especially New Orleans. So, I mean, I I, I can't. I'm still saying Minnesota. Minnesota's got everything, and they've been there. So now, uh, New Orleans. Now they're saying Zion will come back in two weeks. I'm saying Zion does not care about basketball anymore. His days of playing basketball are behind him. Now he comes back, he balls out, he plays better, then. His, then his mind is back of playing basketball instead of sitting out all the time. That's what these younger players want to do. They want to sit out all the time, and this is the reason why load management has gone up in the NBA. This is why. Young players do not want to play basketball anymore. Zion is another one. Zion always says he wants to be uh, – he's, he's hurt every single game. Every single game he is uh, on the bench – Every game, not playing. As a New Orleans fan, I should be frustrated. You don't have a team in New Orleans. You don't. You don't have, have the only team that you have in New Orleans is LSU, and they're not even in the New Orleans. You don't even have the Saints anymore, for that matter. You have LSU, which I'm going to talk about in the next segment. Zion don't want to play anymore. He's showing it. That's why New Orleans always going to give him two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Like, dude, how many weeks do you have to give him to the point where you say you have enough? 
it is enough. I am done with this. I am done talking about, I'm done waiting on Zion to perform. I'm done with it. I'm tired. This, this, this has to end. It has to end, period. Oh my gosh. Like what, why are we worried about a, 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 a player that used to be a superstar and trying to regain his game back? I'm tired. I'm done. If I'm New Orleans, I'm done with him. I want to worry about CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and uh, Troy Murphy, Jose Alvarado. I want to worry about those guys versus uh, one player that can be the cornerstone of our franchise. He can retire today, and we won't remember him. We'll just remember him of what 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 would have been. What would have been if he he would have said, "Okay." What would have been? If he would have got healthy, if he would have taken the time to get into the weight room, what if he what if he got uh, in the trainer's room? What if he got on, on the court and done on basketball things instead of just sitting on sitting on the bench and waiting for the trainers to tell him what to do and how to do things? If you're committed to playing basketball, you won't have to worry about any of those noise. You have to worry about. I thought these players have coaches. I thought they have accountability coaches. Why can't you just focus on your your accountability coach to get this right? Just to get it right. I'm sorry. Like, that's why New Orleans is not going anywhere. Not for Zion's sake, but the team itself. So, I'm not worried about I'm not worried about no Zion. Uh, not Zion. No. I'm not. Wor- I'm not gonna wait for Zion. I'm gonna focus on the players now that want to play basketball, the draft picks that want to come in and have a high coup on basketball, that want to play every single night. That's what I want to focus on, and that's what got me going to the NCAA tournament, and that's what I'm gonna talk about in my next segment. Because those players want to play. There's no sitting out games. They're not being forced to play. They want to be there for their team. Zion is not there for the team. Or else he wouldn't be in a uniform right now. Playing on a, 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 a for a stretch run in, in, in the, in, in the playing tournament. We got to fix it, man. OKC, they're not ready yet. Shea Gilders Alexander, I mean, I love him to death. He's a great player. He doesn't get talked about more than more than LeBron stuff. Everybody talks about LeBron on ESPN. But yet, it's like, we don't talk about OKC. We don't talk about, um, yeah, we don't talk about OKC anymore. We don't talk about Minnesota. We don't definitely don't talk about New Orleans. But OKC has been winning from where they started now to now being in the playing tournament and, and hope to be in the play, postseason. Man, that's great. That's awesome. That's a big plus. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, it, it should be coach of the year advice, but Mike know. I can't pronounce his name. But uh, he's not – he's up there. He's up there. 
as being a favorite for next season if you start the right way. You keep the same pieces, you start the right way, then maybe you, you can be in consideration to be the coach of the year. In consideration. But you got to start off the right way. Like, my coach of the year right now is the coach in Boston, Joe Mazzula. He's my coach of the year right now, hands down. He should win it by a runaway, for that matter. Those things that he endured in, in the offseason. And you have your... Uh, and you win 50 games. Oh, my gosh. You should... Coach of the year, hands down. It should be unanimous. Unanimous, hands down. Now, there's other coaches that are more deserving, but that's my first. That's my first. Because I, I feel like he took on the team. He was challenging, and he, 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 he did his job for that matter. And we'll see what happens in the postseason. I'm... Hoping for another NBA final visit from Boston. I think they'll get there. I think Boston's better than Milwaukee. On paper, on the court. They're better than Milwaukee. Milwaukee plays defense, but Boston is better offensively and defensively. They play defense from Marcus Smart to all the way at the end of the bench. But that's another conversation for another day as far as the postseason goes. But it's heating up right now. Right now, we, we got this week, we got next week, and I think we got um, the weekend, and then we got the playing tournament, for that matter. But, um, but you know, that's my, that's my NBA take. What the Mavericks are going to do, I'm not worried about no Jason Kidd being fired. I don't want to hear that noise anymore. I'm worried about what the team's going to do in the next uh, nine game, in the next six games. That's my worry. I think seven. I'll check in the break. Um. So, and I'm worried about what when, if these teams that I mentioned are they going to move up to get that sixth spot? Right now, because you're not fighting for a fifth spot. I think those fourth and fifth are pretty much clear. We know who's going to be. Right now, we do. It's going to shift itself. People are going to win games. They're going to lose games. They're going to win. They're going to win, lose, lose, all that stuff. So, in that manner, uh, we we just got to worry about, um, in that manner, we just got to worry about uh, who's going to win what. So, with that being said, we just got to see what happens. We just got to worry about what happens next week and the weeks on. We will definitely talk about it. Now, that's it for my NBA take coming up next. Let's talk about some uh, uh, college basketball and on men's and women's side. I'm going to give you my Final Four preview on my take, on a player's take, and what you should be looking for in Let's get into the NIT for North Texas. Um, the, can North Texas do it? Can they win tonight? Now, a win tonight gets you into, into the NIT championship on Thursday. We'll see what happens. 
But I do want to give a congratulations. I don't know this person. I don't know who this person is. But I, 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 I want him on this show. I, I reached out to, I reached out to him on Instagram. And you know, you know, you do the tags at somebody on Instagram. I want an interview with the new head coach at UNT for the women's side. His name is Jason Burton. I don't know him personally. I, I, I look at his resume. He has a great resume. I just don't know him enough. So I'm, I'm doing the legwork to try to get him on this show so that, um, so that we can talk about it and hopefully the the whole world gets to know him. So let's give a clap to um, Coach Burton. He's the new head coach of the women's basketball team, for that matter. Um, so with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, everyone, let's take a break and I come in next. Let's talk about the college basketball. What happened um, this past weekend? What we can do next game? And all that jazz. It's Beyond the Game on Fishbowl Radio. No me importa lo que de mí se diga. Vive usted su vida, que yo vivo la mía. Que solo es una, disfruta el momento. Que el tiempo se acaba y va atrás no verá. Bebiendo, fumando y jodiendo, sigo vacilando de parito los días. En cielo.
importa lo que de mí se diga Vivo de su vida que yo vivo la mía Que solo es una, disfruta el momento Que el tiempo se acaba y pa' atrás no verá Bebiendo, fumando y jodiendo Sigo vacilando de par todos los días Cause 
Cause I know that's a good place to start I know people make promises all the time When they turn right around and break them And someone cut your heart open with a knife Now you bleed Don't you know I could be that guy Feel it over time And I won't stop until you leave it Cause baby you're worth it So
Cause my flow man's so that ain't trippin' if it rain Cause it came with them bullets, nigga, what? I got them sending Birkins on my birthday I, I ain't never met him, he don't even know my birth name Biking on my pics, so I know we like him perfect Crush on the it boy, when I'm in the worst way I just want the dice, only storm and a nickname Icing one, ooh la la Take them eight-inch out them drawers Cause if she dick, I'm take his balls Hold me closer, ooh, so smart the beyond the game podcast my name is jamie again uh so yes i was looking at the break <laughs> i was looking at it and um i looked at the schedule for the mavericks it's six games and one of them is against the spurs go figure right and that's the last game of the season okay so i'm not worried about that i'm not worried anyways we're gonna lose anyways the Spurs. i'm talking about the spurs wise we're gonna lose so I'm not worried about that stuff. I just wanted to look about. I wanted to want to look at the schedule and I and and tell my tell myself I was right. We got six games left. So with that being said, uh, let's talk about this NCAA tournament. Now, let's start with the ladies first. Let's start with um, let's preview these games now. LSU, Virginia Tech, uh, South Carolina. And Iowa are in the Final Four, guys. And they'll be here in Dallas come Friday through Sunday. So if you see anybody wearing an Iowa, South Carolina, uh, what is it, LSU or Virginia Tech shirt, they're invading our city, guys. So, and if you're all here already, shout out to you guys. Thank you for, thank you. Hopefully, hope you enjoy yourselves out here. And, um, yeah. Made a great tournament, I guess. Now I wish these, I wish Texas will be there. But when you get greedy in that moment, then, then, then it's not going to work out. So that's why Texas is sitting at home. Baylor was inconsistent all season long. So Baylor has had every right to sit at home. So, so would I like to see a Texas tournament? Oh, absolutely. But hey, it is what it is. But uh, we are here, um, the women's tournament. I'm going to preview these games. L- you got LSU versus Virginia Tech, the first one. That is the, a 6 o'clock game. I hope, hopefully it's on ESPN. I, I hope it's not ESPN U. It should be on ESPN. So let's preview this game. LSU, they like to play half-court offense at their pace. They're going to make you defend at their pace. Um, they got Andrew Reese, 23 points a game, 12, 15 rebounds. She's an all-star late, guys. And when she does get into the league, she's going to be unstoppable, hands down. She might be the, better than the average WNBA player. You know, the way she's dominating college basketball right now, 
Oh my gosh, her leadership, unbelievable. Oh my gosh, like like she, she you cannot defend that lady. Full of energy, leadership. You can't stop her. I think Virginia Tech's going to have a tough time stopping her when it comes to playing offense. Now, the only the weaknesses that LSU has is the outside shot. There are, in my eyes, they're the worst team to shoot threes. Now, everybody's talking about the three-point line. They don't shoot threes well. Against Miami, that was a boring game to watch. If you love defense, I love defense. But that was a boring game to watch because nobody could make a shot. Miami couldn't make a shot. And, you know, when when a team is tired, you saw it on, in, on their faces. You saw Miami scrap and crawl. You saw that on uh, Sunday night. They did everything they can. It's just LSU made plays. Now, the, the score was by 12. It should have been a lot closer because LSU didn't shoot well either. They just made shots. That's it. And so they only had two players in double figures that game. That was it, guys. I mean, the only offense LSU has is outside of Angel is uh, a girl named Alexis Morris. Alexis Morris is their point guard who leads the show. So anytime you're leading the show, you're going to get your team into a more favorable, uh, more of a, what was it? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, more of a, more of a flow of, uh, uh, on offense for that matter. And so, um, and so, like I said, the weakness is outside. The biggest threat is down low, which Virginia Tech is going to have problems because they don't have the front line. Is going to be the issue for Virginia Tech defending defending LSU down low? When you pass the ball to Angel Reese down low, you're going to have problems. You're going to have problems down down low because you might have to defend her. Maybe you do, and Virginia does not, Virginia Tech does not run any, anything outside of a man-to-man defense. Uh, I, I mean, if you, if you do a matchup zone, two, three zone, I think, I, I think it work because LSU can't shoot outside shots. So I expect Virginia Tech to do a matchup zone if they haven't done it already. Because uh, because you you're, you're making LSU force you to shoot outside shots, which they they can't make. They can't make, and I'm saying that respectfully. I know Kim Mulkey is gonna get on me and say, "You're right." You know what, Kim Mulkey is gonna say, "I'm right." Out of all the shirts that <laughs> that she wears, she is one of the greatest coaches of all time. Real authentic. We need coaches. That are real and authentic like Kim Mulkey like that. I always get a kick of what she says. Because this is honest, it's true. 110% of what she's what she's saying is true. She's been on this planet for a long time. She's been a coach for a long time. And so anything that I I'm not worried what she says out of her mouth because it is right, it's the truth. But she does make adjustments on the fly. She's a passionate coach, and you shouldn't take the passion out of out of her. 
or out of the game for or out of her team for that matter because her team feeds off the energy. That's what it is. Now, let's go to the Virginia Tech side. Virginia Tech, their point guard, Georgia Amorn, which I I really love her. I really love her. She leads the show. You know, you talk about leadership, she's one of them. Um, Wherever she goes, she goes. When she went out in the game for like two minutes, Virginia Tech only had one possession. Well, well, they had a missed shot, and then she was back in the game and leading the show again. So I think in order to – in order for Virginia Tech to win this game, I think they're the only number one seed in this tournament. The only number one to see. Now you see. No, I'm sorry. I take that back. They are not. They're the second number one seed in this tournament. Now you always said we're, we're all going to see number ones. Well, it's changed, and we'll talk about that change in women's basketball in a second. But let's finish this Virginia Tech scouting report. Virginia Tech, uh, Georgia Amore, uh, Elizabeth Keatley. Is the other post player that I like down low. Uh, she has an old school, ba- old school basketball game where you just throw it down low. You make a bunch of up and under moves. You make a bunch of uh, uh, sky hooks. That's what she can do down low. LSU can defend that, but they're not going to put Angel Reese on her. They're going to probably put uh, the other girl, Ladeja Williams, on her. Because you don't want to pick up fouls early on your bigger girls, especially an all-star like Angel Reese. But now the officiating is going to be another issue too because, well, actually, I'm, I'm going to talk about that in a second. But Virginia Tech, uh, I mean, I mean, I see Virginia Tech winning this game because I feel like they're a step faster than LSU. I mean, both teams do not like to run. They like to play a lot of half-court stuff. Um, I think this game will taper on rebounding, and I think Virginia Tech has the edge on that. They have two other players that I really like, too, that are hard-nosed players, but uh, LSU, they don't have a lot of depth, but they make it up for their quality of play. They make it up for the right mindset, if that makes sense. So give me Virginia Tech to win this game. Another game that we should be watching for is, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The officiate is going to be important in this game, guys, because I don't like to barge on officials too much. But there was, another, there was a game that I saw last night, South Carolina versus Maryland. Maryland had 26 fouls. Okay, first of all, y'all foul a lot, Maryland. You guys foul a lot. Stop fouling. I was so mad. I was banging the table. I was like, dude, you have to stop picking up ticket tech fouls. You have to play defense. Open your hand. Play some defense for that matter. That's what you got to do. That's why the officials are going to be uptight about these calls. In in, in in these final four games, as far as the women's side, and that's the only game that I saw last night that the that there was a whistle every five seconds. <sighs> so annoying, but that's what we got to live with. 
Now let's talk about Iowa versus South Carolina. <laughs> I actually like this matchup. Who would have known Iowa would be in the Final Four in this situation? Caitlin and Clark is the real deal, uh, real deal, everyone. 27 points she's averaging, and 7 rebounds and 8 assists. She's a real deal, and she's 95% of that team. I say that because anything, anytime she touches the ball, we're making plays. They're making plays. Whether she's creating her own shot or whether she's dishing the ball out or whether she's setting her teams up, her players, her teammates up to succeed. She's not if I was out, Caitlin Clark. This team is a, is a second round team at best. Second round team at best. I'm, I'm being nice. I'm being nice because Caitlin Clark could have gone anywhere in the world and she'll be have a higher brand than Iowa is giving her. The reason why they're here is because Iowa is because Iowa's not used to being in this tournament. Caitlin Clark took a risk to go to Iowa to make Iowa relevant. I like when players take that. I like when players take that responsibility. Take a school that we barely hear from to a school to now they're in the Final Four. Now, we're expecting UConn to be in the Final Four. But UConn women, their their trend is done. It's done. It's done. And I disagree with Don Staley saying it's not over. I, it's, it's over, coach. It's over. Women's basketball has evolved. It's growing. Good players are staying. Are staying well, good player. The transfer portal is so attractive. Because you can find quality players in the transfer floor portal. You're not finding them in high school anymore because in high school, they'll make that first decision and they'll stay there for a year or two. And they, they want to transfer to another school to get to the NCAA tournament. It says sitting at home. Then you have to make a sacrifice. You got to be spoiled. You, well, actually you got to be selfish, selfish to say, you know what? I'd rather go to UConn than to Iowa. That's my take. But let's scout this game. Now, their only weakness is their defense because they haven't played anyone that is that is that has six quality good players on it. And that's what South Carolina has. And they're long. So they haven't played a tougher opponent. Even though they're in the Big Ten, uh, they they've been coasting through. I mean, they had a few close games, but they've been coasting a lot through it. And so, I do think that if Caitlin Clark gets hot early, she's tough to spot. She's tough to stop. Now, South Carolina is going to play you physical. Um, that's my next scouting report. They're going to play you physical. They're long. Especially Leah Boston, especially Bray Bill and Camila Cardosa. Uh, I forgot. The, I forgot the point guard's name. I forgot her name, but um, but she's going to be lethal when she gets out of transition. She's tough to st- stop, and and South Carolina loves to get out of transition. They're not a half court setup team. They are. They are actually. You know what? 
they're not a half court team, but they are like a putback team. They're a second chance team. So, so they don't have a possession where they can shoot a three off the bounce or shoot a jump shot and goes in. They'll get the rebound and put it back up. That 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 was her. That's what hurt Maryland the most. The offensive rebounding, and South Carolina. I mean, I was got to get guts quickly because South Carolina loves to rebound the basketball. That's why I said rebound is important because if you box out, you're a girl. You're going to grab the rebound, Iowa, and you're going to run. South Carolina does not like transition transition defense. South Carolina likes to play half-court defense. They're not going to run no press. They're not going to run no 2-3 zone, 3-2 half-court defense on you. They're going to play you straight up, which I like. I mean, my favorite defense is 2-3 zone because the 2-3 the matchup zone because you can communicate. And South Carolina can play that easily with their players, but they, they're trying to be generous and, make, and play man-to-man. They're trying to do that. They they do it so effectively. And Iowa's problem is possessions. You can't have a dry possession. And I'm pretty sure the the ball will be Caitlin Caitlin Clark's hands a hundred percent of the time. And she's not gonna get a she's not gonna get a break. Because once you break, South Carolina is going to take advantage. So that's why I said your mindset for Iowa, the mindset for Iowa is be smart. Be smart with your timeouts and be smart with your substitutions. When you take, like I said, when you take Caitlin Clark out of the game, South Carolina is going to take advantage because they have five or six players that are going to say, you know what, we are going to take advantage. We are going to take advantage of this and we're not going to look back. It's going to be a blowout by halftime. If you don't do those things, I'm saying. Now, most people out there would say you should be a coach. You know what? I have tried to be a coach. I have tried to tell these teams what to do. They don't listen to me. They just like it. But when they go out there and they get blown out, all I can say is I told you so. I told you so. So... But South Carolina's other weakness is is, is the uh, starting off early. So when they played against Maryland, they started off a little rough. They got going the second quarter with Diamond Miller sat out for for her fouls. I mean, Maryland kept rotating players because they had. I think they had at least five or six players with two plus fouls by by the half. So that's where the game was won. The game was won when. Players sat out. I'm sorry. The game was won when players were in foul trouble in the first half. That's where the game was won. Now, what are you saying, Jamie? The game was won at halftime? I'm not saying that. I'm saying the game was won in the third quarter. The game was won, also won, when their main players had two-plus fouls and counting. That's the game. That's where Don Staley takes you to the advantage. I'm not betting against Don Staley. I don't know the coach of Iowa. I don't know her. I know UConn. I know Maryland. I know Notre Dame. I don't know that coach for that. I don't know her philosophy. 
Now her philosophy is pass it to Caitlin Clark, and Caitlin Clark will give you a play. I think that's her philosophy. But outside of that, I don't know. Now, Iowa, I would say watch out for Monica Cruzano, McKenna Warnock, and Gabby Marshall. Those are, um, uh, what's their players? Those are dark horses. So they have to, one of those three players, when Kayla Clark is on the bench, they got to be in the game to take over her scoring. Because they kill Louisville with their scoring. When those three players scored against Louisville, actually two players, Monica Kazana and McKenna Warnock, Louisville was out, out of the game. They were out of the game. That's where the game changed. They can take Caitlin Clark out for those moments. In this game, I don't think you have to take her out. I think she'll play all 40 minutes unless South Carolina is up by 20 at the half. That's a rarity because they start off slow. And they start getting it up by the second second quarter up to halftime. So, I'm choosing South Carolina. I'm not. Zaya Cook is the other one. Zaya Cook is the point guard I was thinking about. Um, I'm choosing South Carolina because I can't bet against uh, Don Stanley, and I'm not going to at this point. Okay, so those are my picks. So, Virginia Tech, South Carolina, for the national championship game. On Sunday, African two African American head coaches, and Kenny Brooks and Don Staley. I love it. Those are my picks. Nothing against Kim Mulkey. I love her. I want. Uh, do I want an SEC bottle? I'll, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so. And I want to throw this out there because I saw this story about expanding the women's game on national television before I get into my men's Final Four. So, yes, you do need to expand the game. I, um, you do um, This year and the previous years, the previous two years, the game has been separated. So when it came down to the NCAA tournament, it's been on separate channels. Why did it not do this years ago? I have no idea. So they have the main network, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, and ESPN News. You would think every game, every women's game would be on that TV, and it was. It was. Um, now, when it comes down to expanding the women's game I do want to see that I want to see more African American head coaches coach our women our ladies game like Kenneth Brooks has said in the press conference he's coaching at Virginia Tech I, I would like to see that like Jason Burton who I mentioned in the last break he's coaching at North Texas Jalen Mitchell more of those women more more uh, the coach at Ole Miss. Hey, there's a lot more others. I want to see that. No disrespect to um, the other races, but I, I we want to grow. In order to grow the women's game, you gotta you gotta talk about it. You gotta 
you know, do your extensive coverage on it. Um, and you gotta, you gotta make sure that you put these games on other t- outside of ESPN, maybe at Fox one, Fox two, Fox. Um, what is the other sports channel that we're, we're missing? Uh, that, that's not much, but in order to grow that, and I'm talking about all women's sports, basketball, uh, lacrosse, soccer, softball, even, um, expand the game for that matter. And don't lose the contract because the game is going to get better from here. We're seeing more stars pan out. Now, I did say it's over for, for UConn. I said, the reason why I said it's over is because the game of women's basketball has grown. We don't have like a clear cut number one. Stanford's out of it. Indiana's out of it. They were number one seed. Stanford, I expect Stanford to go, I expect Stanford to go out as further as the Elite Eight. But like I said, his transfer report is so attractive that players are choosing where they need, where they want to go, and they're excelling, and I love it. Now that's my take on the women's side. Let's go to the men's side for that matter. The Final Four matchup: we got San Diego State, we got FAU, Florida Atlantic. We got Miami, University of Miami, Florida, and we got UConn, the men's side. None of those teams are supposed to be in the Final Four. The Final Four for the men's side is in Houston. We expected Houston to be there. We actually expected Texas to be there as well. But no Texas teams in the in the Final Four in Houston. None. It's not a surprise. It's not a shock. It's called what they call March Madness, right? They call that for a reason. Anybody can lose on any given day. Now let's talk about San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic. That's the one matchup that I'm looking for. That's the first matchup on Saturday in Houston. San Diego State um, plays hard defensively. They're long. They're not long, but they but they'll play defense. They're tough-minded defensively. They're from the Mountain West, so who would know from somebody from the Mountain West? is going to be in the Final Four. Who would have known? But, uh, but hey, my friend says San Diego State may win. I don't know. Once I give my Florida Atlantic take, then I'm going to give you my prediction. Now, granted, uh, San Diego State does not have a no, doesn't have any barely has the scores. They have a guy named Matt Brad. I don't know him much. He's out, he's in the Mountain West. I don't know him. He's averaging thirteen points a game. That's it. I mean, various guys like I, I wrote what I wrote down can score any any given day. Uh, the other guy you have to watch out for Darion Tremel. That's another guy you have to watch out for, for that matter. Uh, so, what's that being said? I I. I mean, San Diego State is, is defensive-minded. So, but Florida Atlantic is creativity. They're scrappy defensively. Coach is hard worker, and he's determined. 
The only weakness that Florida Atlantic has is you don't want to fall to San Diego State's hands. San Diego State loves to play defense. They love to run. The, they, and they hate scoring transition. They're old school defensive because they'll play you hard. So don't fall into their hands. You're very creative. You're physical, Florida Atlantic. I know Florida Atlantic because they're in the conference USA when Long was North Texas. I remember a game when North when Florida Atlantic beat North Texas here in Denton. I said Florida Atlantic is really good defensively. They're better than North Texas as far as offense goes. As offense goes, they're better than North Texas. Defensively, they're even versus it was North Texas. But Florida Atlantic is in the final four in the NCAA tournament. North Texas is not. They should have been there. But North Texas did not make the tournament. But anyways, what Florida Atlantic did, they're in the tournament. Um, Jonell Davis is who you should worry about. Um, they, he comes off the bench. I don't know if he starts, but he comes off the bench. Two players that I want you to worry about, I want you to look at Vlad Golden and Elijah Martin. That's, another, that's the other two. Elijah Martin is built like Marcus Smart in a way. He can shoot threes, he can play defense, and he's a he's he's very determined. And so this game is going to depend who's going to last on defense the most. Is it going to be San Diego State? Is it going to be Florida Atlantic? And also creativity, which Florida Atlantic offensively has creativity offensively so I think for this matchup I am going to choose uh, it's a tough one for me I'm going to choose I'm going to choose <laughs> give me a slight edge to Florida Atlantic because I think I think if you if either one of those teams start early I think they're going to last so Florida Atlantic, if they start early, they're going to last a lot longer than San Diego State is, <clears throat> for that matter. But then again, San Diego State can play defense. Florida Atlantic can play defense too, but they're very creative on, on offense. So it only takes one bad day to determine this game, and I don't think Florida Atlantic will have that bad day. So I'm choosing them to win this game. I'm choosing them to be in the national championship game. And my friend's going to be upset because she's a San Diego State fan. I don't know if she's an alum or not, but she's a fan. And I'm like, okay. Okay. I don't. I hate choosing against San Diego State, but I have to go with, with what feels in my heart right now. My heart is Florida Atlantic. I didn't go to that school. I know what that school's about, but I didn't go there. I just went to, uh, I just, I, I know them. I know them going to North Texas, being that conference. So my other matchup is Miami versus UConn. Oh, there was a game where Texas is up by 13 and I'm like, Texas failed. Their players failed us. The players jacked around. When you're down like that, you don't panic. You, 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 what you do is you pass the ball around, you keep running your stuff, 
you slow down and then and, and 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 get your quality possessions. I think they were rushing their possessions a little bit in the second half. Like the 13 minutes under that the last 13 minutes they were rushing their possessions. That's why they're sitting at home right now. They say, we should have couldn't win it. Yeah, you can say that all you want, but it's y'all. I'm not blaming coach. It's you guys. Ego gets in the way. Let me say it again. Ego gets it away. Now, Miami, they're here. They're scrappy. They're physical. I mean, hey, what can you say? What, what else can you say? And by the way, shout out to Rodney, Ter- Rodney Terry for getting that job. He should have got that job in December, full time. Why does Chris Beard get a job versus Ronnie Terry? Chris Beard got hired as soon as his case was got over at Ole Miss. He gets a job uh, faster than Ronnie Terry does. Why does Texas again lift? You don't have to do this. He won the Big 12. He beat Kansas twice, blew them out twice in the same month. What else more can this man do? But yet, yesterday, finally, you give him the job. After what we have said. And I feel like it's always going to be the norm. We're always going to do extra crap to get that job. For that matter. It shouldn't be like that. Ron and Terry is a treasure. And I'm glad he's coaching uh, he should have got more. He should got more. More than five years. But I'll take the five years. I'll take it. It'll, it, it. In basketball, it will turn into a national championship. A championship ring that Texas uh, athletics has never seen. And I can say that because I have siblings that went to North, that went to Texas, the University of Texas. They, I mean, they'll see him ring in basketball, I hope. You won't see it in football. <laughs> you won't see that football ever. It's over in football. Should have stayed in the Big 12. But anyways, back to this matchup. I want to give you that little five-second Ron and Terry take. Uh, Miami is going to beat you with their experience. Um, it looks like they, they excel in the transfer portal or they get guys that stay together. That's what it takes. You know each other's game when you stay with each other. You don't have to fight with the guy that you never heard of. If you're a 20-point scorer or a defensive-minded player, but yet you can come together and not only score, play defense together, it works out. Miami did it. They're in the Final Four. Now, you can say on the women's side, they did everything they can. But on the men's side, they were determined to get to the Final Four. And when you see fire in the eyes of the players that want to get there, it's a different ball game. So uh, the players that you should watch out for is Jordan Miller and Isaiah Wong. Um, you know, those guys are elite scorers. Uh, like I said, they play defense to a whole. Another team that plays defense is UConn. UConn's physical down low. Their depth, oh man, their depth is their depth is what's going to win this game for UConn. 
that's why I'm choosing them to win this game because of their depth. Uh, Dan Hurley can mix players in and out. Uh, Sunogo is a force down low. I don't think Miami has the answer for Sunogo down low. He's a bigger body. Um, they don't have an answer for Jordan Hawkins and Andre Jackson. Jordan Hawkins is a shooter that, that, that he can really shoot. Uh, Andre Jackson is a defensive minded player. Um, he can really get on you defensively. And so with that being said, I'm choosing UConn to win this game because I feel like UConn has that depth. UConn has all the depth in the world to make things happen. Uh, if you take a dry possession, Miami cannot recover. So I feel like there'll be a lot of dry possessions on the Miami side. If they were to, um, if they were to uh, recover, well, no, I'm sorry. There's a lot of dry possessions on the Miami side. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, on the Miami side. If Miami takes dry possessions. Dry possessions means drought. So if you haven't scored in, what, five or six minutes, but yet UConn scoring, they're going to go up by double digits. UConn does not look back. Just ask Gonzaga. UConn, when they're up double digits, UConn does not look back. So, with that being said, I'm going to, I'm going to say Florida Atlantic and UConn in the national championship game. That's my take. That's my pick. Um, I'll do a little short reel this weekend on TikTok and give you my picks for, on that way. That way, I don't have to rush into the studio and have to do it that way. Even though I love this studio, I can, I, I mean... You know, shout out to Sammy out there. Um, shout out to um, Angelo, who's right here, and Gabe, who's in who's in the other room, for for allowing us to have this platform. But just want to give a little quick shout out to those guys. But anyways, uh, before we end today, uh, I want to give you my quick take on North Texas. Versus Wisconsin. The reason why I talk about North Texas is because I went to that school. And, you know, you want to hear it from an alumni standpoint on where they stand as far as this matchup goes in the NIT. The only people that will watch the NIT is the people in Denton tonight. North Texas is in there. And I'm pretty sure every bar in the state of Texas or Around the country will have this game on because it's the only basketball college game that we have right now. It's slowly, college basketball is getting away from us. We gotta wait. We gotta wait six months till we see the next game or the next practices play out. But North Texas versus Wisconsin tonight—that's the matchup. Quick matchup um, that I want to talk about before we leave today. Um, so. North Texas all season long is holding opponents under 50 points. Um, it was no different against, against Oklahoma State. They had 59 points. Oklahoma State is a big 12 school. Uh, and I got into an argument with somebody on social media. They said it was a tough, they said that was not our toughest matchup. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it was. Because Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, they, it could have gone one or two ways. Oklahoma State could have made, could have had a better field goal percentage. Could have played better defense, or they or North Texas could have, you know, uh, 
failed that played like failed on on, on offense end, but played better defense. But in this matchup, I think North Texas's run. Uh, I'm hope I'm hoping I'm wrong tonight because I am choosing Wisconsin to win this game. And they say, why do you why are you going against your honor monitor? I mean, I'll cheer for North Texas, but. I will, because I like Wisconsin's game, and I feel like they should have been in the tournament. But then again, you know, they always look at the wins and losses and all that nonsense, what you did in the Big Ten tournament. Wisconsin is a team you can't mess with. Wisconsin has a, has a lot of depth. They can beat you down low. If we have Uzma back, I think we, it gives us a little bit of a chance. Uh, but Wisconsin is, is tough. And do you realize if North Texas wins this game tonight or if they lose, North Texas has has always submitted their place as being a college basketball town. We always talk about football, and we we can get excited about football. We can get excited about softball, soccer on the women's side. But how about basketball? Give us love. I mean, soon enough, we we repair the uh, the women's basketball program. It won't be an easy fix. But once we repair it, then we'll be elite. I mean, you realize that when North Texas gets on the map and basketball goes, we're going to attract the highest profile athletes out there in America. We're going to fill the super pit than ever before. So instead of having only 4,000 fans, it's going to, it's going to triple. I, I may be over-exaggerating, but it's going to triple in the coming years. North Texas has already cemented if Graham McCaslin takes any other job outside, in, 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 any other college basketball job, we still already submitted that that um, uh, that place in college basketball. So we can be like a Duke, a Kentucky, a Kansas, a uh, UCLA even. We can be those. T- the, I mean, you talk about football schools. Alabama is a football school. Alabama is not a basketball school. They are a football school. North Texas is a football school. I'm turning the tide and making a basketball school. Look at the number of conference titles we have won in the last three years. That is a basketball school. Texas, University of Texas at Austin is a basketball school because of their success in the NCAA tournament and the Big 12 tournament. No more of this football stuff in the, at the University of Texas. I know UT fans are going to disagree with me, but what have y'all won in the last 20 years? Nothing. Zero. Nada. You're going to the SEC and play against Alabama and Georgia's and, and all them. You got to get it right in football versus Oklahoma. You can't get it right. North Texas is a basketball school. I'm saying that. 
and I'm going to write it down and tell everybody that North Texas, the Mean Green, is a basketball school. Hands down. 110%. No more of this football stuff. Now, when they fix it, okay, fine. It's going to take a couple of years. Maybe it's like three years. But basketball. That's, but I'm still choosing West Conference to win this game tonight. I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. Please, God, make me wrong. Make me wrong tonight about North Texas. Please, can I be wrong? But then again, I, again, I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, with that being said, everyone, that is our show. Now, did I mention that my website is coming together? I'm still repairing it. I'm still going to add. I started this podcast in June of uh, 2022. It'll be a year in the next three months. And so um, I'm still repairing the website. I'm still going to add my previous episodes that I first started from till now. So you'll get that website, that link to the, everybody I would debut it at a later date, but let me get the next three or four up. And then I will tell you the debut of my website. Okay. Only selected people have seen it and they love it. I might show Angelo and Gabe on the way out. I might, but I'm, if I'm generous enough. So, with that being said, but, you know, everybody will see it. I promise you, I'm not lying. I, I, I'm, I'm not fake. I will show it to y'all. Okay? Give me time to put some episodes on there, and we'll go from there. All right, guys. I hope the final four games go well this weekend. I hope the Taylor Swift concert goes great this weekend as well. Um, outside of that, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, then uh, next week, we'll talk about NBA. We'll definitely talk about, we'll dive into the championship games, a full report on that. Um, and we'll talk about, and I'll get more information on this new head coach, what he has done. Of what North Texas can tell me. Hopefully, they'll tell me something. If not, then I'll come up. I'll come up with my own synopsis about it, and I'll and I'll do some research on on the new head coach that I never done before. I never done any, any research on the head coach before. I'm going to give it to y'all firsthand in my take on a player's perspective. But with that being said, everyone subscribe to the podcast wherever it may be. Um, more is coming soon. I'm serious. Till then, I'll see y'all next week on Beyond the Game Podcast. My name is Jamie. Take care, everyone. See you later. It's Fishbowl Radio. Hey, world. This is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.